Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six. I'm in a different spot. Can you tell? I don't know. Hopefully. Maybe. Oh, I don't have my script up. How terrible. And by script, I mean three bullet points. Welcome to episode six. I hope you're having a great day. Let me move the mic. No, come on. You can do it. Move. There we go. Maybe that's a little better. Who knows? Welcome to episode six. Uh, sorry for the delay. I have been racking my brain as far as what I want to talk about. Nothing's been really striking me. I used, I still, I have a list. I have a list full of things that I have that I would like to talk about at some point. But nothing's really striking me. I'm like, eh. They're all, these are all kind of small things. There's one big thing that I could talk about. But I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that yet. I might save that for episode 10 or something. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry for waiting this long. I do have something, and it is something that I was originally saving for later, but I figure time is now. Now is the time. So let's talk. But before we do that, oh, that was that was really bad. I was like, oh, let's talk. Mm, nah, it's fine. Before we do that, don't forget, if you have something you want to tell me, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, if you want to ask me my opinion on something, Lord knows I have a lot of opinions, don't forget to go to uboardpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to go to uboardpodcast on Instagram so that way you can stay up to date on when all of these beautiful episodes are going up. Fantastic. All right. So this is either a one-parter or a three-parter depending on your views in life. There's one big thing and there's two things within the thing. There's so many things. I'm moving everything around. Look at all the things. So the thing... I don't know who came up with this. I was talking to friends of mine, and one of them was saying a pet peeve. I think this is basically how this all started. They were like, this is a pet peeve of mine. I don't even remember what the pet peeve was. And and he was like, oh, look, this is my pet peeve. And we were like, oh, that's so cool, that pet peeve, because I do that pet peeve. And we started listing off pet peeves. And eventually, and we did that for a night, and it was fun, it was great. And what it turned into was that same guy who had the pet peeves, he made a list of, oh, the number was either 62 or 82, I think it was 62. 62 things, basically 62 pet peeves of his. And me and a bunch of my friends got together, and we made a little game of it. We made a beautiful little game of it where... You gave somebody points if they do the pet peeve, and the lowest points wins, obviously. You don't want to hide points if this is a pet peeve list. And it was actually a lot of fun. I would I would recommend it to everybody. Make a list, because I guarantee you, you have more than you think you do. Um, and it was super fun. And then, of course, that prompted us to may all make our own lists. And we also put money on every list. And all I know is that I'm owed some money because I got a lot of stuff right. But I still haven't got my money. It's fine. But I did a list. And that's what today's episode is on. I would like to share some things about my list and just talk about my list in general. There a lot of... So actually, originally when I was making the list for the podcast as far as things to talk about, I had some big things. You know, I talked about unoriginality and sports people, and Beyond Blue, all of which I've talked about in previous episodes. But then when I sort of ran out of, like, big picture ideas, I was like, okay, let me go through the list, and let me see what I can come up with. 
So I don't know how many of these I'm going to hit, but I do have two in particular that I really want to hit. And that's basically all I have planned for today. Can you tell I'm stretching? Oh, I, oh, you know what? I really hope, stay tuned for maybe not next episode, but the episode after, because if you didn't read the caption for the previous episode, let me fill you in. That's a reference to something. I'll give you 10 points if you can figure out where that's from. Victoria, there's your hint. Nobody, if you are, if you are Victoria, I'm sorry, I just did that. If you're not a Victoria and you're confused, it's a reference. So check in two episodes from now. I forgot where I was going. Check in two episodes from now. Oh, I know what we can do. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay, no, we're fine. I know we, we what we can do. Okay, no, we're fine. We're all good. But, but check in two episodes from now, because if you didn't read the caption for the last episode, I just recently became a substitute teacher. Yay, yay, round of applause. I'm not going to add a round of applause sound effect, because I don't care. Um, it's not an actual substitute teacher, as in, like, I'm at one school, and I'm at... No, it's technically a temp job, but my assignments... You know how in a normal temp job, you just get assignments for random acts of nonsense... In this temp job, it's random acts of nonsense, substitute teacher edition, and I will go throughout NYC, and I will be a substitute teacher. So if you are a teacher, or if you know a teacher, in the public school system, or it's private school, I don't know. I think it's both. I could do both. I could do anything, really. Um, yeah, so check back in, because I hope... I have some things to say once I become a substitute teacher. Maybe I'll just start, like, stories of the substitute teacher or whatever. That'll be fun. Okay, no, I definitely have something for the back half of this, which will be fun. At least it did relatively well the last time we did this. There's a hint for later. But let's talk about this list. So I made a list. So my friend did 62 things. I actually got to 100. And I said 100 things that make me mad. I used a little bit more vulgar language. I'm trying to keep this PG. You can fill in what you think it is. But I had 100 things. Now, a couple of these things did repeat, and I was really stretching for some things. But, um, oh, th this was, like, so much fun. Like, this was act this was a lot of fun to actually think about. And, and I can tell, it's just me, I can tell when I wrote this stuff because I would write it. This list actually dates back all the way to second semester of my senior year of college. And for those of you that know me, it's like, what, so that was last year? Yes, but it's fun to look at something from that old, even though it's not really old in the grand scheme of things, it's still old enough to consider old. So much has happened between then and now, and I can look at it and I can be like, oh my God, that's why I wrote that. And that's not fun. No, that is fun. That's big fun. Oh, and now I'm just sort of, um, I'm skimming through some of these are a little too heavy for what I want to talk about. I kind of want to find something stupid because, oh, here's one. Let me tell you something. This sort of goes goes back to my, like, candy list as far as, like, my opinions. When it comes to food, I think that I, I, I do, I don't think I have any prejudice against any food. I will say that. But... If you like carrots, you are getting a point on my list. Here's why. I 
used to have carrots all the time as a kid. Not by choice, but just because I had to have them. And I had them so much, I it ruined it for me. And I have never had a carrot in my life that I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, I would have a carrot again. No, never happens. I don't think it happens with anybody. I think everybody's just lying. I think it's like, yes, we eat carrots. Excuse me. We eat carrots because they're healthy. And we eat carrots because they're fine. No, they're not fine. Get out of that bad relationship. Stop eating carrots. <laughs> oh, cottage cheese is the same way. Um, cottage cheese. Just look at it. There's nothing about cottage cheese. The cottage cheese is also on my list. So we can play a little abridged version. If you like cottage cheese, give yourself a point. Um, dude, look at it. It's gross. It's lumpy. And this is coming from a guy who eats blue cheese. That I like blue cheese. And I... And cottage cheese is worse. I will stand by that. Here's one of the two big things, and this is also related to food. I have quite a bit related to food, which is surprising given my stature. All of 175 pounds of my stick frame. Um, this is one of the two big ones that I did want to talk about today. If you eat food in your bed. Let me tell you something. If you get, eat food in your bed, give yourself three points. Here's why. When I grew, when I grew up, is it grew or grow? No, grow is future. When I grew up, um, I was never allowed food in my room, and I was really mad about it when I was young. Just because, like, because I lived on the second floor, and the kitchen was on the main floor. So, you know, if I was hungry, or if I wanted a snack, I had to walk all the way downstairs, and then grab, and then by the time you're down there, I'm like, well, now I should just eat it down here. I don't want to walk all the way back up. Because then, also, if I have a plate, we didn't really use paper plates. So if I grabbed a plate, I'm going to have to bring it back down and put it in the dishwasher, and then I'll walk all the way back up. Too much work for a pack of Oreos. I'm just going to eat it down there, put it away down there, and then walk back up. So I never really had to eat. I never got to eat. It was like a special treat. If my mom made cookies, she'd come, she'd come knock on my door and be like, hey, I made cookies, and she'd bring two on a napkin. They just came out of the oven, and it was a big, it was like, oh my god, I'm eating in my room. It's great. I, so I, I don't really eat in my room. And because of that, I don't get it. And I understand now, especially since I have a lot of college friends, that people will sit in their bed with their laptop and, you know, eat snacks or eat ice cream in their bed and watch Netflix and be all huddled up. I get it. I get it. I, I could never do it. That's my thing. And I think nobody should do it. If you drop that ice cream once, my night is ruined. Like, how do you live with yourself? How do you live with the perpetual stress of eating ice cream in a bed? And just think, like, one missed scoop, you're done. One missed scoop on a table, I'm going to get annoyed. Because I got to wipe it up and I don't like making a mess. One missed scoop on a bed, you can't wipe it up. Because it's in sheets. Like, what are you doing? Oh, and the worst. Oh. She knows I still get mad at her for this. So I don't think, I don't think, I don't think she listens, but I don't think she's going to care. I had an ex-girlfriend of mine in college, early college, and she was coming into my room with food. She's like, I'm going to eat this. And I'm like, okay. And she walks in and she makes, she's, she's like two inches away from getting on my bed. And I go, what in the world are you doing? She goes, oh, I was going to eat in your bed. I go, absolutely not. I have dark blue sheets with a gray comforter and you have lasagna. No, absolutely not. And I made her eat on the floor 
and I eat on the floor with her. So don't get mad at me. But I made her eat on the floor. And she did spill. I'm pretty sure she did spill. So... I was right. I don't want to get my sheet stained. Like, what was I going to do? I was just going to throw everything off the bed. I don't want to do that. I don't want to throw everything off the bed. Maybe I'll show her this episode and just be like, ha ah, hey, I reference you in this. Hi. Whatever. You remember what you did and you know that it was wrong. Do not eat in your bed, you psychopaths. Nobody eats in their bed. Nobody should eat in their bed. Whatever. I, I get a lot of flack for this. this. I get a lot of flack for this. So, in in the entry of the list, it says, doesn't like salad. Now, we play, when we played this game, we were open to the fact that sometimes you were going to get points on your own list. You were going to do things on your list that warrants you getting a point. Because, you know, we're all human and we all do stuff like that. The game, within the game, is just trying to make that number as small as possible. Don't have 60 points on your own list out of 100. That's terrible. Have, like, 15, 10 out of 100. That's reasonable, I think. So one of these things is, if you don't like salad, you get a point. 100 things that make me mad. If you don't like salad at all, you get a point. And I had to give myself a point. And everybody, the two people pointed out in particular, but... There's a lot of people that were just like, wait a minute, you're giving yourself a point on your own list for not... You don't like salad, but you like people who like salad? And I went, yes. And people looked at me like I was insane. And I know, it is it is kind of insane, but it's fine. But I like people... I I, I don't want to... I, I feel like appreciate's the wrong word. <laughs> I respect... That's a good one. I respect people who like salads because to me, like, I can't do it. Because to me... Salads are so void of flavor. And I know you have to add a bunch of stuff on them. to, And that's where you get the flavor. But to me that almost defeats the point. Like I don't eat bread. To put garlic on bread. And butter on bread. And cheese on bread to make garlic bread. Like I don't eat the bread. I like garlic bread more than regular bread. But if I have to I'm still going to eat bread as bread. You know what I mean? So the bread holds up as its own food, even though you can make it better by adding butter and garlic and cheese and making garlic bread. Yeah, garlic bread's better than regular bread, but you should still be able to eat most of, if not every component of whatever. If you like pizza, you should be able to have bread, which is the crust, bread, tomato sauce, or tomatoes, or tomato sauce, and cheese, which is cheese, as individuals, like, you shouldn't like pizza for them all together if you can't like them individually. And I can't like salad individually, and I don't like the majority of things in salad, so I don't like salad. You know, I like, there's a few things you can put in salad. I'm a big garlic junkie, so if you put garlic, I guess, but who puts garlic in salad? But I respect people who like it because they have found a way to like stuff that I just can't get... I am not a big vegetable guy. That's not to say I don't have any vegetables, but the vegetables in salads are often the vegetables I don't like. I'm not a big fan of lettuce. I can have lettuce. It's just not, I'm not a fan. Tomato, eh. Olives, no. Um, corn off the cob. I think corn off the cob tastes different than corn on the cob, and fight me on that, because I will, I will die on that hill. I have a lot of hills I'm willing to die on. I will die on that hill. 
So Billy Poor, oh my god, nah, I can't do it. I don't know. But I respect people who like it because I think it's a commitment to something that I just won't do. Oh, I'm trying to find... Oh, here's the other big one. Here's the other big one. Let's go. I'm, I'm literally going through the list. I'm skipping a bunch because some of these are really specific. Some of these are aimed at, like, specific people. This one actually was aimed at a specific person, but it's so universal in understanding that anybody can get it. Let me tell you something. If you wear socks to bed, I need you to know something. I worry for your mental well-being. It's just, who enjoys socks? There was one friend of mine, and I specifically aimed this at him. We all knew it was coming. It came up on everybody's list. I was, there was five people who did lists. Three of them put wear socks to bed on their list. One person, the guy who we were all making fun of, put doesn't wear socks to bed on his list, and one person didn't do anything, I think, about socks. But we all said, we were like, if you wear socks to bed, you're a psychopath. I'm sorry, but that's just the way the rules work. Who likes socks enough? Dude, I hate socks. If I could walk around the entire world barefoot, I totally would. I live in New York. If New York wasn't a disease-riddled nightmare everywhere, I would walk around barefoot. I walked around, but I still get in trouble. I will go out we're back in my home i don't know why it took me so long back in my home state i can walk around barefoot i can walk in grass and i can walk on my parents property and not have to fear about anything other than bugs and my dad yells at me all the time he's like are your feet black i look down at the bottom of my feet i'm like yeah he's like gotta go wash them because he hates when i walk around the house in black feet because they're dirty but I will do that anytime if I'm going out for like 10, 15 minutes. Why am I going to put shoes on? Shoes suck. I don't like shoes. I don't like socks. The only reason I'm wearing socks right now, the only reason why I'm wearing socks is the same reason why I'm still wearing jeans right now. And it's because I am wearing them as long as I can physically handle them because taking them off feels so good. That's the only reason why I wear socks and jeans past when I have to. I have gone to work today. I have come back. I don't need to wear socks and jeans anymore. If I want to, I could take off my socks right now. I could take off my jeans right now and either put on sweatpants if I plan on going out again, which I don't, or I could put pajamas on right now and enjoy that. But I'm not going to because the feeling I'm going to get when I take this all off is going to be the best feeling in the world. So it's the only reason why I keep wearing socks. And if you get to the foot of your bed and you still have your socks on and you say, this is fine, Woo, I how? I don't get it. I don't understand. It's making me tense just thinking about it. I have been caught sleeping with socks one time and I fell asleep because I was sick. I had a nasty stomach bug and I was just so tired and beat and in a cold sweat. I decided not. I, I it wasn't even a decision. I just fell asleep. I think I was still in jeans too. Like I was in I was fully clothed on the top of my bed just resting and I just just knocked. <laughs> So if you sleep with socks, I'm sorry, but I'm admitting you to a hell, a mental ward. It's just, you can't do it. I don't. Um, oh, nice little shout out to last episode. We were talking about licorice. This is on here. If you don't like licorice, give yourself a point. Um, because licorice is great. And I've seen quite a few people 
I've seen quite a few people be knocking that licorice, and I don't like it. Hey, let me tell you something. I don't, I've never met anybody that this applies to, but I wrote it on my list anyway. This isn't calling out anybody in particular that I know. I don't know anybody. But if you don't like flowers, what's wrong with you? No, no, I'm asking. What? What is it about? Like, flowers do nothing. Flowers are just existing to be pretty. That's it. That's their only... I mean, to us anyway. Of course, they do a bunch of stuff for bugs and especially bees. But if you as a human actively don't like flowers... I know. I bet a bunch of people, if I went up to a random person and said, How do you feel about flowers? And people go, eh. You know, they're like, eh. There, I like looking at them. That's an appropriate response. That's not what I'm talking about. If I ask you, do you like flowers? And your immediate answer is no. Why? What? Why? Where? Who hurt you? Who hurt you to the point where you don't like flowers? I don't get it. I Again, I haven't met anybody, but... Mm. Um, <laughs> I just have number 65. Hypocrites. Oh, I should do a whole episode on hypocrites. That would be hysterical. Ah, uh, let me think about something here. No, okay, so this is a little teaser. This one was a one way earlier that I looked at. This was this this is a little teaser, and I say this because it's kind of in the ballpark of of the big topic that I have planned for either episode ten or just a different episode in general. Because there's like this, there's like there's like twelve things on my list that I'm looking at right now. As far as so this is kind of in the ballpark, but it's not really what I want to talk about. But this is sort of like a preview almost. See if you can put together the pieces. I'm leaving you a lot of pieces to follow today. I don't know why. If you're not a good texter, let me explain something. Now what I'm talking about, it, I'm talking about without context, right? If you, if you for whatever reason are just like, I know some people, they're just like, I, because of who, I'm trying to phrase this in a way as gently as possible. If I know people who they're just like, listen, if I'm not looking at my phone, my phone doesn't exist. I'm okay with that. I know people who are like, listen, I don't really have a reliable phone with a reliable coverage. I, I understand that. These are not the people who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who have a good phone, who are on their phone all the time, who text other people all the time. If you... These are the people who I'm talking about. If you are not a good communicator in this day and age when you have all the pieces available to you and you are trying to... Especially if you're trying to make plans or, God forbid, something professional, like a professional plan or you're talking to something professionally... there's no excuse for that again if you are if you're the type of person who like is really bad at texting on sort of like yeah if my phone's not in front of me i'm not gonna look at it that's fine but if you if you're texting all the time if you're on your phone all the time if you're on instagram all the time you're doing all these things you text people fine but it's just like on a case-by-case basis like oh i like texting this person but this person i'm gonna make wait a day no incorrect because they lead to bad habits because it's kind of the same thing where, like, you should be, at this point in your life, I'm saying this at two people who are around my age, which are recent college grads or college kids, you should be, you should be able, if somebody texts you, because I've been caught before, I've been caught in that trap, 
So I get it. So I should give myself a half point here. I used to do this, but I don't anymore. It's like I used to do this thing where, like, listen, if if I was in school, when I was in school, basically, I if from when my first class started to my last class ended that day, I was on school time. I, I was just like, nope, you can't talk to me. You can't do whatever. I am on school time. But that didn't mean I didn't have anything to do. I don't know if I phrased that correctly. But, like, there would be times where, you know, my first class would be at 11 and my last class would end at 4, but that doesn't mean I would go straight from 11 to 4. I could, you know, theoretically in a given semester, I would have a time, like, from 12 to 1. But, of course, I wouldn't do anything because I'd be taking the time to, like, eat whatever. And I would get caught in a trap like that. So then what happens is somebody texts me, let's say in this hypothetical, classes go from 11 to 4 for me on this given day. And, but I have a free, I have some free time between 12 and 1. Somebody texts me at, no, yeah. Let's say somebody texts me at 11.30. So I'm in class. I see I have a text at 12.30 after I've gotten my food and I've sat down and begin to eat. Let's say at 12.30, I see I have a text message. I open my messages app. I see who it's from. I look at the first few lines and I say, nah, I don't need it. I can wait until after the day. And then I go the whole rest of the day and I go till. 4:35 until I answer them. Oh, and by and now I've learned that I've missed it because I didn't respond to their text earlier, and that sucks. Like, oh look, now I'm just shooting myself in the foot because I didn't want to answer. And these are the people who I'm talking about. These are people who still have this bad habit. And let me tell you something: that bad habit will get you into some trouble in the professional world. I feel if you're not checking your email every day, dude, I have to check five emails every day, and it's not hard. I are I have my laptop right next to me. Just open it. I never not have an email open. I have two emails open right now. I have my work email and this podcast email. I'm constantly checking these emails. And I also have two other emails that I have to check, and I check them periodically. You get into a habit of, again, if you don't have a good phone or if there's something else within you that causes you to not check as frequently, that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people like me who are fine, who look at a text and... Right, people like... God, I just lost my whole train of thought. I hate it when that happens. People like me, who who can look at their... Who can answer texts later, not necessarily have to do it that second, but then choose not to for one reason or another. Don't do that. It's an annoying and bad habit. I have to reopen my phone. I want to find one more. Do you think I can find one more? Oh, this one's kind of fun. Um, this one's also a little teaser to a future episode. A different future episode, definitely, but a future episode nonetheless. Um, this one's necess- not necessarily, and I, wrote, and I wrote this in here. Number 84, can't play an instrument. Technically, it doesn't make me mad if you do, but I like you more if you do. Um, I just think learning an instrument's really cool. Honestly, and I think I think everybody should learn at least one instrument. I think there's enough instruments in the world. I mean, yeah, you got some weird ones. You wanna you wanna learn some weird ones. There are weird ones out there for you. Went to Guitar Center the other day and I found a hand pan. I don't know if you know what a hand pan is, but I want one and it's fantastic. It's basically, you know, a steel drum. How it's basically kind of like a a bull, and you can use mallets. 
and they're either sections of the bowl that have different notes and you use hit the mouth to hit the bowl and make a sound. Imagine that but kind of the reverse. Instead of a bowl, it's almost like a dome, like a hollow dome with a hole on the bottom. And then there are sections on the top that you can hit with your hand. And it's and it's tuned to a certain key. And it, oh, look it up. Oh my god, they are some of the most gorgeous instruments. Play that. Oh my lord. I would love you forever if you had a handpan. But you don't, yeah. I, I always want to learn the harp. It's one of the things. I don't know why. I'm like, I would love to learn the harp. Everybody's like, Dave, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, I want to learn the harp. Because the harp, to me, is one of... It strikes probably the closest balance I can think of to simultaneously being incredibly cool and difficult to learn while also being incredibly pretty sounding. Like, you look at a harp. This is this is just how I am as a person. This is exactly how I went into learning how to play the piano. I've been teaching myself how to play the piano for the past five years. A lot of P's in that sentence. I've been learning how to play the piano for the past five years. And this is exactly how I went in with the piano. I said, okay, I'm going to start at the most basic of things, and we're gonna work we're gonna keep working and we're going to and we're just gonna keep working at it and we're gonna get there when we get there and i literally started i started with notes i just quiz myself and be like where's c i'm looking at my piano right now if you can't tell uh you know like where's c where's a where's a flat whatever and then i worked up from notes and i was like okay now we do major scales and i would just do major scales every day every single typical major scale that you would see I didn't just make a mistake. I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, I would be doing all the major scales, and then now I would have to do all the minor scales. That was my next step. I said, okay, time to do all the minor scales. And you would do all the minor scales, in the typically that you would see. And then from there, I would learn chords, and that's basically where I'm at right now, because I've kind of stopped, because I like doing what I'm doing. The next step after that, I do know what it is, is I have so much sheet music. What I have to do now... When I buy sheet music, I have to make sure that there's chord markings so that way I know what I'm doing. But I know what the next step for me is looking at those chord markings, looking at the measures, and saying, okay, why does this chord marking fit this? I'm just really bad at reading actual notes. That's my issue, is that I can't I can't look at three notes on a page and instinctively go, oh, yeah, that's, that's C minor. I know that. And like, no, I don't get it. It's not that I don't get it, it's just that it's literally a foreign language, and it would take me 12 years. And it's and that's not conducive for reading sheet music, which is done in time. Like, I can't take 12 years to read eight measures, because the song's going, idiot. So, I want to, and that's how I view the harp, that's how I view a lot of things that I do in life. And I really want to learn the harp, it'd be so much fun. So yeah, moral of the story, learn a musical instrument. It doesn't have to be the harp, it doesn't have to be the piano. It can be stuff that's a lot... seen a lot of ukulele. I, I'd prefer it if you didn't do ukulele, but I'm not going to get totally mad. I just see a lot of people do ukulele. And they play ukulele the way I play piano, which isn't bad, right? It's not bad. Here's my one issue. It gets incredibly boring the way they do So... All right, we're going to get kind of musically technical. So, if you're not if you're not um fluent in musical technicality, strap in. I will try to help you as best you can, but if you're really if you don't like this, skip to later. I don't know when later will be cuz I'm flying with the seat of my pants in these, but skip to later. So basically, when I play 
when I play piano, I make sure that the rhythms and dynamics are incredibly different given the piece of the song because I know in the end, if I don't do that and if I play, if we take rhythm and dynamic, oh, let me explain for the people that don't. So when I'm playing a chord, a chord is a set of three notes and that in turn makes a chord. Now, when I play a chord, if I play that chord the same way every time, it's going to get incredibly boring. And that's what I see people do. Now, how would I go to change that up? Well, you take rhythms and dynamics and you make them different. I'm going to assume that we all know what rhythms is. It's how, uh, how a given measure is broken, broken down. Dynamics is how loud you play something. And between those two, and I also like to do like fun little things with my fingers, whatever. You like to go up, you like to go down, whatever. Between all that... I feel like I, when I play the piano, it's change enough, also within the given song, that also, uh, oh god, what are they called? They're things I'm not good at, but I tolerate. Inversions. Ah. I also feel like inversions are a lot more prominent on a piano. Now, what an inversion is, you know how I was talking about earlier, three, there are three notes in a chord. Well, what happens if you take note two in a chord... So if the one note is on the bottom, the two chord is in the middle, the two note is in the middle, and the three note is on the top, and there's your chord, there's your basic chord, what happens if you take the two note and put that on the bottom, and then it goes two, one, three, instead of one, two, three? That's an inversion. It's the same type of chord, just sounds different. People use inversions all the time, and inversions are super helpful. I feel like inversions are way more easy to figure out guitar utilizes really well because guitar has six strings and they're all kind of tuned relatively to the same key so when you end up so you end up kind of inverting chords regardless like if you use all six strings and you play an e minor chord or like an a minor chord no an a minor chord is a good one um if you play an a minor chord with six strings i do know a little bit of guitar <laughs> if you play an a minor chord with six strings six strings you're actually playing an an inverted A minor chord because your bottom, I know that your bottom most string is tuned to E and you're playing an A minor chord and you're not touching that bottom note, meaning that your lowest note is an E. So an A, a chord in its basic form, an A minor chord, the bottom note in the chord has to be A on a basic A minor chord, which means the fact that the bottom note's an E and not an A means that it's inversion. And it's actually a second inversion because the top note which would be the E in an A minor chord, the E is on the bottom, which is called a second inversion. And the middle note being on the bottom would be called the first inversion. But that's a second inversion. So that's sort of like, so long story short, I feel like because of the range that a piano has with all of its notes, inversions become a lot more prominent. Whereas ukulele with their four strings, even if you are inverting a chord, I don't think it comes off nearly as well because you only have that incredibly tight range of sounds that you can have. So it's only there's only can be so much difference between that'd be the equivalent of a piano having eight notes or like one octave of notes from C to C and everything in between. That's basically what it is. Or it'd be like C to G, an octave and a half. Whereas piano has like eight octaves, I think. Something like that. Yeah, eight octaves, I think. So I'm not going to get mad if you play the ukulele. I'm just going to be disappointed. Because I feel like a lot of people do ukulele. And this is what I see all the time. I know two specific people. And I know they don't listen to this podcast. So I'm pretty sure I'm safe. But 
I know two people in particular that when they play the ukulele, they will play a chord and they will strum on beats one and three or two and four, and that is the whole song. <sighs> it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not good. <laughs> it's just that it's not... I mean, you're doing the equivalent of white rice and that's it. Like, white rice needs flavor. It needs something. You need to change up the dynamics, the tempo, the... Uh, the rhythm subdivide do something one person who i did know he did sort of have some funky like like in a four bar set basically the song was a four bar because you know a lot of song like a lot of basic songs i mean if you're not playing broadway basically if you're not playing show tunes any song that you'll play is basically a set of a four or an eight bar an eight measure um chord progression and that's the whole song, basically. Take Adele out of it, because Adele does her own thing, and it's great, but it's simultaneously. Some of the, some of Adele's songs, whew, they are tiring. But they're tiring for her, too. But basic songs, you know, basic pop songs, it's four chords, four, you know, four measures, repeat it forever until the song ends, and that's basically it. But there was one guy who I know who played the ukulele and he had like some cool little rhythmic things that he did on like three and four and that made and that made all the difference and i was like oh literally you know got to a point i saw so many ukulele things in the back end of college and it would all just be like one two three four one three one two it's like oh my god can you kill me but but no he was he was doing some funky things there was some syncopation happening and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, and it changed the whole thing. I was like, oh, okay, look, ukuleles are terrible anymore. Oh, it's great. So if you want to play ukulele, I have a suggestion. Play the guitar, please, because ukulele is baby's first guitar, but guitar is a lot more versatile and a lot more. Oh, my God, have you seen the guy? Oh, this, ooh, mmm. I don't know if I should talk about this because this is actually directly part. No, I'll do it. This is directly something that I was going to talk about in one of the bigger, bigger things later. So you're getting a treat. But there, have you seen the guy? Have you seen the guy who takes a guitar and he plays like um, classical? You know, stuff that you've only heard on the piano, like so this is the stuff I put in the beginning of these podcasts. He takes stuff like that, but then he plays it on guitar. Changes the whole song. Changes the whole song. I can't look up like classical music on guitar. I'm sure you'll find him. It looks like a younger guy, maybe like 25 or something. He's having the time of his life. That guy's amazing. That guy does things with the guitar that I wish I could do on literally anything. Like any instrument or just any. The amount of skill that man has with a guitar. And he has, and you look at him and he's... You know, he's thumping away on the guitar. His fingers are going nuts. His his fret fingers are going bananas. And it's like, and you look at him, and he looks like he's having the time of his life. You know, he records something, and it's literally just him with, like, one spotlight in a black room, and he's just jamming away on this guitar. And he looks like he's having the most fun. I Listen, I like music, but there are some days... I love music. I think music is probably the biggest thing I have to a general purpose in life. And there are some, there are some days where I'm like, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. But this man, this man looks like he's having the time of his life in that 
theoretical black room of nowhere. Like, he's just jamming away. It's like, ugh. Can I have that much fun and be that good at the same time, please? Like, can I simultaneously, like, be a god at guitar while also just just doing it for actual fun? That, ugh. So good. Highly recommend. Look that up. Hey, remember when we were talking about lists and making lists of things that you can't... Uh, making lists of things you can't stand? Because I do. Um... Nah, okay, I'm done. I think. Yeah, I'm done. So that's... Well, I'm not done. I'm not done done, but I'm done with that section. So yeah, moral of that story, make a list of things you don't like and then play that game with your friends and see how many they qualify. The answers may shock you. I know ours did because that's how I won the majority of my money. We were playing that game and one time... There was one time where every... So somebody was doing their list. You know, like person B was doing their lists. And everybody was like, I think there's five of us, right? It's like person D is doing the list. Person B is doing the list. Everybody's like, I think person D. I think person D. I think person D. And then I, when I get to a position like that, where I, where I think that it's person D too, but I don't want to do every, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing just because that's not fun. Again, we were playing for money here. It's not fun if we're, if we all get it right. That's no fun. I'd, I'd rather lose money and have a little bit of fun than just have us all win and then nothing happens. So I was like, you know what? I personally think that person D will get the most points, but just for the sake of being different and just to make things a little bit more interesting, I'm going to guess person C. And then guess what? Person C ended up winning, and that's how I got all my money. <laughs> well, I say got all my money. I'm still waiting on my money. So, but that's the moral of the story. The second thing, if you're just tuning back in, from the music talk. Tune in now. What time marker is it? Just for all of the giggles. Time marker is 42 minutes. Oh boy, this one might be a longer one then. Because guess what we're doing? Philosophy 102! It's back! I told you it was going to be a mini-series. So, if you remember from last time, I have my beautiful book, The Philosophy Book, Big Ideas Simply Explained, by an author that does not exist, because there's no author on the front or back of this book. Maybe it's in, like, the very back. Hello? No, it's just part of the glossary. It's in the very front. Who wrote this? Oh, okay, maybe that's why. It's because there, when there's so in the beginning, there's a page called Contributors, and there's seven people. Uh, UK, 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 UK. Wow, just everybody from Great Britain is just showing up today. So yeah, there's probably seven. There's probably seven authors of this. That's why they didn't put the authors on the front. So, if you remember from last time we did this. When did we do this last? Let me pull it up. We did this last in episode three. So maybe this will be a three episode thing. I don't know. But last time we talked about Voltaire and we talked about absurdity. So I think what really worked is I'm going to read. I'm going to try to find the beginning of a section. And I'm going to find some type of diagram. Because that's what they remember the two boxes and then the one box and then the one big box. And we sort of worked off of that. 
I'm gonna try to do that. I'm gonna try to find the heading of another question, and I'm gonna try to find another diagram. Because like I don't want to read, you know, there's actual paragraphs here, but I don't want to, I don't want to read that because I don't, I don't want to get to a point where I'm reading uh, a textbook at you. Guess what? I already found something. I just flipped to a random page. So the first one was on 146. This is on 172. This one, this is close. This is close to the same thing in terms of how many things I have to read. This says, Society is indeed a contract by Edmund Burke, who was alive from 1729 to 1797. Only 50 years and change. It's very unfortunate. So, in the diagram, we have humans being... Human beings have material, scientific, artistic, and moral needs. And then there's another box underneath that that says they cannot meet all of these needs through their own effort. And then that box splits off into two branches. The left branch is they refer to the customs and religion of their ancestors wherever possible. The right branch says they agree to help each other since this is the best way to meet their mutual needs. Those two boxes come together and say society is indeed a contract. So I think what I did last time was I just sat here and I stared at it until something else happened. So if we remember last time, it's important to define our definitions. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip because we're already 50 minutes in, and I try to keep this at around an hour if I can. Yeah, we're already at 45 minutes. Thank you for here this long, by the way. But I'm gonna assume we all know what the word society means. There's two things I want to talk about here: the word contract and the word indeed. I might, I'm going to start with contract because I don't think... So a contract means... And I'm saying this for myself primarily. As, as if a podcast isn't what that is. Just me saying it to say it. Whatever, you know. Um, a contract, to me, means a formal agreement. A formal agreement that's legally binding and cannot be broken. That cannot be broken, basically. So... You think of a stereotypical, you know, business contract, whatever. That's what, but that's what a contract is. Two people coming together to agree on some terms or maybe some exchanging of something, and they put it in writing, so that way nobody can be like, "Well, I didn't say that." And it's like, "Well, in writing, you said this is what we said, and this is what we agreed upon." The thing that's tripping me up immediately is the word "indeed." Why? Society is indeed. A contract. What does that mean in the context of the sentence? Society is indeed a contract. Society is indeed a contract. I'm saying it in different ways. Can you tell? Because I'm trying to... It... So what... Oh, God, I have to work backwards. It's like... Hold on. A muffin is indeed bread. It's almost like it's... it's don't worry about it. It's because uh, I'm trying to work backwards, and I'm trying to put in another second, another sentence where "indeed" would work, and I would want to, a muffin is indeed bread. So it's almost like oh, I can't find the right words. This is where I would wish a second person were here, and they could help me find the words because sometimes I can't find the words, and that's a very common problem in, when you're talking philosophy. And it's like. 
I is indeed a contract. As if he's like clarifying. As if he's like it's like oh yeah, no mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like you get it. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Society is indeed a contract. Like yeah, no, we're all in agree. Like we're all in agreement. 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 Like clarifying. No, I just something. I want. There's a word I'm trying to find that I can't find it. All right, I'm gonna skip it. But you get what I mean. Society is indeed a contract. Oh, it's like he's doubling down on his stance almost. That's the closest I'm gonna get. It's like, he's like, no, no, no. Society isn't like a contract. Society is indeed a contract. That's interesting. It's always it's always fun when you get really. Between this one and the other one, it was very clear. What did I say? 146 on the other one? Let's go back to the other one quickly. Doubt is not a pleasant condition, but certainly is absurd. Certainly and indeed give off the very same energy to me. It's just like, yes, you didn't. That's very flavorful text for something that's not supposed to be flavorful. Like, when you're talking philosophy and you're trying to make sense of the world and why we're here, the last thing you want to do is, you know, prose writing. But here we are, twice now. Human beings have material, scientific, artistic, and moral needs. Let's break down each of those. Material needs, I assume, is, you know, basically the basic needs. Food, water, shelter, clothing. Scientific needs, I need to come back to. Artistic needs, I feel like, should be the... You know, the, the things that we do with our time. It doesn't necessarily have to be artistic per se. But it's basically like, why do you get up in the morning? To do a job? Sure. But I feel like if you polled a lot of people and if you said, would you be okay with just doing your job that you have now for the rest of your life? A lot of people would say no. And I think so that's probably what that means. Like, oh, it's like, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Actually. Scientific needs. What does that mean? Oh, does it mean like health needs? Does it mean like literally like, oh, you have needs to not be sick? I'd buy that. And moral needs. I assume that means like, you know, you have your own moral compass and your needs, your needs within the moral compass are just like, listen, you have these certain morals that you as a person uphold and you need to stick to them kind of deal. Whether or not you believe that morals are a, an actual list and everybody has to abide by it or everybody has their own list, I feel like is besides the point. They cannot meet all of these needs on their... They cannot meet all these needs through their own efforts. Hmm. Do I buy that? My first instinct is to say no. But then here's the thing. If I say no... Well, no, if, no, if we buy that, if we say, yes, I agree to that sentence, then that means, then we should be looking at this as a math problem almost. And we should be thinking, all right, you cannot meet all these needs on your own, which means that something has to give. You're either going to not get your basic needs as a human. You're not going to get your health needs as a human. You're not going to get your artistic needs or your moral needs. Granted, this, when he was alive, he said this somewhere, I don't know, I don't think it says exactly when he said this, but he he said this sometime between 1729 and 1797, presumably not at the 
front or tail end of that. So somewhere in the middle, probably. I'm guessing he didn't say that when he was two. But I don't... Hmm, I, my instinct is to not buy that just because... But I'm trying to think about me. I have my basic needs met. I have my health needs met. I don't I don't think I have my artistic needs yet and I have my moral needs. So immediately you would assume that I should be agreeing with him because I don't have my artistic needs. But that's not to say I can't. And that's the thing about philosophy. If you are good at nitpicking people and being like, well, you didn't say this, you said this. And they're like, ah, it's the same thing. You're like, no, it's not, and here's why. You would be good at philosophy if you do stuff like that because that's all philosophy is. He's not saying that, at least this is what I'm taking it as, he says they, they meaning the people, cannot meet all of those needs through their own efforts. He's saying you can't. You can't possibly. Not that you never will or that you're just not right now. No, you never will. I don't know. Mm. Let me backtrack because I know I was just confusing. He's not saying that you can't right now, but you can later. He's saying, no, you can never. You can never meet all of these on your own expectation. Which, if that's the case, uh, darn. Because I would like to have my artistic needs fully met now. Because I have some... I, for me, personally, what that means for me is, you know making art making stuff that i like there's stuff i want to write a musical i want to write i want to write the script for the next big movie i have things i want to do and so the fact if i have all of my other needs met meaning that i can never have my artistic needs met because all the other needs are net, net met then that means i'll never write my movie or my musical or my whatever and that's very sad but i can't do it on my own is what he's saying it's not to say i will never do it it's just that i'll never do it on my own and that's another way I can spin it. I just thought of that. So I originally... So originally I was just picking apart the fact that... I He's saying that I'll never be able to do all of the things. But that's not... That's only half the sentence. The other half is that you'll never be able to do it on your own. And I think a lot... Okay. So then let's take on that. I'm personally meeting all my material needs. But... Is that to say I will always be able to meet my material needs? You know what I mean? So, like, it'll get to a point, it's like, yeah, I'm paying for all my food now, but there might be a part where I don't, where I can't pay for food. So does that mean he's right? Ooh, that might mean he's right. Because there's no time frame in that sentence, is there? You know, you don't get to a point where you're like, all he said in that sentence was they cannot meet all these needs through their own efforts. It doesn't say if you once you meet all of them at like once, then it gets broken. Or, yeah, does he mean that? Does he mean like if you get all four, even if you just get all four for a day, that the sentence is broken? Or does he mean that you can have those forever? Or is he saying, or is it something in between? Is he saying that, is he saying that, no, because of time, like, maybe you'll get your artistic needs met. Needs met. That's a tongue twister. You'll get your artistic needs met one day, but then that day, you'll not get your scientific needs met. You know what I mean? And it's constantly this juggling act. That might be what he's getting at. I didn't take it for that at first, and maybe I'm just 
slower to the punch here. But I didn't take it that way at first. If that's how that is, and I think that's what he was getting at, actually, now that I think about it, then I think I'd have to buy that. If he's just talking about having four balls at the air, in the air and you'll never have all four of them in the air at once, there will always be something in your hand, then I, I'll buy that, at least for the time being. The left box says, they refer to the customs and religions of their ancestors whenever possible. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. And I read that and I was like, can't wait to get back to that. They'll refer to the customs and religion of their ancestors whenever possible. I don't know. I don't know if I buy. I don't know if I buy the religion part. I can't imagine he's talking about actual religion like Christianity or Judaism. I can't imagine he's talking about that. There must be something more because customs to me refer to as traditions. When I hear customs in this instance, I hear traditions. Because I think what this is saying in terms of modern times, uh, what I think this sentence is saying in modern times is he's saying, when all your needs can't be met, on the left, what you're going to do is you're going to look back to your family. You're going to see what has your family done? What is your family doing? And when we say family, we don't necessarily mean mom and dad. We mean, oh, what has people four generations ago, what have they done? And I think... And I think, I think that is applicable, even though this was written in 17-whatever. I think that is halfway applicable. The relig I, He might just be saying it in a way, again, this was written in 17-whatever. So, I bet religion was a lot more prevalent in that day and age than it is now. So, they probably did turn once more to like the religion of their past family members for guidance on what to do. That makes sense to me. So when you take about that, it's like the actual religion and also like the traditions of people of past. That makes sense to me. Again, I don't necessarily buy religion as opposed to now because I don't think religion is viewed in that same way. You know, religion viewed back then, I feel like, like it was taught right alongside like math and English. You know what I mean? At least I think. I don't know. One thing I pride myself on this podcast, by the way, is not looking anything up because I don't want to look anything up because if I'm wrong, I need you guys to tell me so I can look at the email. So if I'm wrong, tell me. But I feel like way back in the 1700s when this was written, customs, i.e. traditions and religion, religion was a lot more like religion was taught, I feel like, in the same space as math and English. So it makes sense then, but we don't really religion... Religion isn't really that heavy now. It is for some people, granted, but I don't think it's as widespread as that now. I think it's a lot more common that religion is not necessarily that prevalent in people's lives than it was in the 1700s. The right side of the box says they agree to help each other since it is the best way to meet their mutual ends. So, so these boxes are on the same plane, just on different sides. So what the three boxes in tandem are saying, since you can't, you, since you can't, Hold four balls in the air. You're going to take one ball. You got four balls in the air. You're going to take one ball and you're going to give it to your family because your family knows what to do and they're going to hold one of those balls in the air. And then on the other ball, you're going to you're going to give to maybe it's your good friends, maybe it's your significant others, maybe it's teachers, maybe it's bosses, something like that. We're going to give it to somebody over there. And in return, 
they're going to give us one of their balls. And between all of the ball sharing that's going on, that you're holding some of your balls and you're giving some to your family and maybe your family is holding on to a few so you can take in more. You're getting more from significant others and bosses and teachers and you're giving away one or two. Between all these balls that everybody's throwing up in the air, society is indeed a contract. So that might be what that is then. So what is a contract? It's an agreement. It's an agreement. So if we take this ball analogy, I can't believe how well this is working. This analogy, it's fantastic. If we take this, if we take this ball analogy, right? And everybody has four balls in the air and each ball represents material, scientific, artistic, and moral needs. Everybody has these four. If we all are passing our balls around, we're going to, everybody's going to keep two and then everybody's going to give one or two to their family to hold on to and then all the other balls are just going to get passed around for everybody then that makes sense because because that and then that's what society is society is all people coming together and throwing their balls around because you can't hold all the balls at once so you have to give somebody else another ball just for a time being. Maybe you'll get it back. Maybe you won't. You have to give it to somebody else so that way you can relax for just a second. And then once you're done relaxing, you're getting another ball because somebody else needs to relax and you're taking it on. And then now you have more balls. You need to get rid of two more. Throw out those two to each different people. Then you're getting one more. And everybody's doing that. And we're all throwing balls in the air. And you say ball, say balls again. But... <laughs> Stupid joke. Um, but we're all throwing balls in the air. But, and that's why it's a contract. Because a contract is an agreement that nobody can break. Because the second somebody breaks it, then the whole thing breaks. If somebody, and you know, you, you do this all the time with, you do this all the time with like team building games. You know what I mean? Uh, when, uh, we all done the stupid team building game where everybody holds hands and then everybody crisscrosses all types of ways. You make yourself an unknot. And then the person's like, okay, now you gotta unknot yourselves without letting go, go. And it's like, nobody likes that game. But, but I, that also might be a really good analogy because the second somebody, cause everybody's up to trying it. Nobody likes the game, but everybody wants to do it. Everybody's at least up to doing it. They're like, yeah, all right, whatever, fine, we'll go and we'll unwrap it. Because we could see that some people do really want to try it. So it's like, yeah, okay, I don't want to ruin their fun. But the, the game is over the second somebody breaks. The second somebody lets go and they're like, oh, I'm done with this, this is stupid, Every everybody drops. They're like, yeah, all right, well, it's ruined. Can't, eh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that, that is, so society is just a very tight, very high-strung, constantly shifting game of untie yourself. And nobody is allowed to break, ever. And the only way you can fix it is by trying to unknot yourself, but then when you move left, somebody else gets pulled a little tighter, and that hurts, so then somebody else will pull or push to relax them, but then when that person pulls, two other people get a little too tense, and then other people come in to ease the blow, and then when they ease the blow, somebody else. So that's what it is. 
It's a never ending and it's because we have so many needs and we have so many things that we're trying to keep in the air and nobody can do them all at once. Let me tell you something. I did not buy it nearly as much as I thought I did when I started. And that's half the fun too. I went into it and again, I, I find these especially fun because I, I had not read that. I, had, I haven't even seen this page. I haven't read a lot of this book. I've read a little bit of it. But I haven't read a lot of this book. And when I read that initially, and when I read every box initially, I was like, I can't wait to break like four things here and tell Burke that he's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And the more I thought about it, and the more I just started putting pieces together, I was like, nah, gotta buy that, gotta buy that. And then it all just clicked. I don't, I, it's very rare for me that I find something that I agree with so heavily. But I can't not agree with him. I don't want to agree with him either. Because I feel like there's a lot of things that can be broken here. And I think if you take the time and think not like I have, but you take it in a different route, I bet you could break it. But this is the way I chose to look at it today. Anywho, I think that's where I'm going to end it. I hope you have had a great time. Hope you've had a great day. I'm going to do my timestamp because I like doing my timestamp. It is something I look forward to. Today is um, February 11th, 2022. It is 15, no, it is 20, it is 20 to 10. We have about three more days till Valentine's Day. I have a Valentine's Day present in the works. I hope it goes over well. I think it'll go over swimmingly, but you never know. Uh, hope you all had a great day. Hope you're all going to have a great Valentine's Day. I hope you're all going to have a great weekend. I'm so glad I found something else to talk about. And I'm sorry this is getting out so late. Don't forget to hit up the Gmail, youboardpodcast at gmail.com. And also don't forget to check the Instagram at youboardpodcast to stay up to date because apparently I can't keep track of my own schedule. So these go up, I guess, when they go up. It used to be going like recording on a Wednesday, go up on a Thursday, but today's Friday. So the whole thing's just out the window now. But thank you for listening if you've gotten this far. And I will see you in the next episode.